Hello, hello, and welcome, Gary from Down Under, my amazing co-host, Tim, and uh, Miss Jillian from the Big Apple. Looking good, everybody. <laughs> nice. Okay. So um, we'll be starting momentarily. So, uh, Tim, can you um, put the video on? It is not working. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to log on like 15 minutes early and you weren't there and I wasn't sure if uh, it was working on my thing. So I might need to either close. I'm going to send you ask to start video. Okay. I sent you a... Yeah, no, it's not working. So I'm going to have to... Log out. Log out. Like, yeah. I'll probably have to like restart the computer. Okay. All right. We'll wait for you. All right, and Kim, welcome. How's it going? So happy September, everybody. Um, let's hear how you started the month. One personal success and one professional success, or it can also be a wish for the month. Let's start with Gary. He's got a lot of training about this. Uh, good morning. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Um, a personal win. Disable uh, to uh, have a bit of uh, extra day off on the weekend uh, as uh, finish up last month. Uh, yes. So that's a win. Uh, we're still in lockdown here, so there's not a lot of exciting things to do, but uh, I was able to break away for, for a day. Um, personal win, uh, business win, um, sort of progressing on getting some systems developed and service and my services, so uh, pack, repackaged. So that's the win for me over the last month. Yes. Very good, fantastic, looking good and great way to start the month. And um, let's hear from uh, Miss Gillian. Hi, you can hear me? Yes. Oh, good, hello. Um, let's see, personal wins. I closed a few more deals. <laughs> that's always nice. Um, Congrats. Yeah, that's what should be business, closed a few yes. deals. Business, uh, as far as personal, I rewarded myself with my hydroponic plant monster. <laughs> so I'll be growing some fresh greens soon. Nice, nice, yeah. very good. Yeah. Reach out for any support you need. I was gone to California for a few days skydiving and I came back and all my sprouts were dead. Um, oh. I think my, the timer that was attached to the pump mm. uh, decided to have a mind of its own or, um, or maybe, you know, the three digits temperature was not a good idea to put it outside. But uh -oh. um, the company was, is really nice, resending me a new timer and new sprouts, new seeds. Oh, nice. Uh, ADP. It's not allowing me to clock in. Great. Yeah, so that's Great. nice. A nice reward to myself. Yes. Timothy, we can see you. Uh, fantastic. So good. All right. Um, 
So I would say, because we have a lot to cover, we can go back to successes later. I would say, let's, um, let's get started. Are you all ready? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, how do you like today's topic for the September monthly Global Mastermind of You've Got the Power? It's difficult conversations made easy. You like the topic? That's actually what you requested. <laughs> so there you go. Let me, um, let's introduce my amazing co-host and uh, <clears throat> I'll play a little video that, um, that beautifully explains, uh, summarizes his, um, his story. Ready? All right. And vamonos. The second generation pastor's son. My father is a pastor. My grandfather on my mom's side was a pastor, both from fairly conservative traditions. But I was just a little boy who wanted to grow up to become a ballerina. When I said that to a man at church, he said, little boys can't be ballerinas. And so I knew I was different. And in this case, different was unacceptable. After years of feeling rejected, I found myself searching through the encyclopedia to try to find fastest, least painful way that I could kill myself. Not really finding what I was looking for that I could do as a 12 year old, I abandoned the idea and instead I just prayed every night. God, please just let me die in my sleep. Life hurts too much. Whenever you're ready to take me, I'm ready to go. Every morning when I would wake up, I would try to do everything that I could to be accepted. I tried to be a good student. I tried to be an obedient son. I even ran cross country in high school because my father had run cross country. Hated it. No matter what I did, it wasn't going to change the fact that I'm gay. And that's the part that was unacceptable. So I took it upon myself to go to reparative therapy. I did all of the classes, did all of the homework, graduated successfully. So problem solved, right? I didn't feel any different on the inside except an extra layer of shame, a little more disillusioned. One of the things that I had going really well for me was that I was involved in music and theater. Shocker, right? But that was a community where I felt like I belonged. At some point in my musical journey, I found a singing job at an Episcopal church choir and the priest was gay and several of the members of the choir were gay. And I thought, maybe I can be gay and Christian. Maybe I can figure out my own spiritual beliefs. And between that and then being involved in individual therapy, I thought, Maybe I can just love myself the way that I am. Don't lose who you are in the blood of the stars. Seeing is deceiving, dreaming is believing. It's okay not to be okay. Sometimes it's hard to follow your heart. Tears don't mean you're losing, everybody's bruising. Just be true to who you are. Beautiful. And welcome, Tim. Welcome, Tim. So <clears throat> there you go. Uh, I'm, there you go. Welcome, Tim. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. How about you? Fabulous. Thank you. So, so thank you for... Um, co-hosting with me today. Uh, that was such a beautiful video. Dr. Divkis has great voice. And I know we have a lot to cover today, um, all about voice that can help you not just 
for fun and entertainment and singing, although uh, please do a lot of that too, but also for um, your important conversations in your life, professional, business, um, family and friends, okay? So the, um, I believe that what you're going to be learning today is um, going to be very, very, very helpful. And you're gonna have room for questions at the end. So we have a full agenda. Are you ready to take the lead, Tim? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So as you can tell from my personal story, I have done a lot of music and theater. And so I just think that music is one of those things that's, that can be universal and that can help us in so many ways in our life. So I do want to talk a little bit about music, then talking about sort of the building blocks of voice. And then we can talk more about how we can use our voice and our communication in those difficult conversations and some strategies that we can use when we have to have some of those tougher conversations. Okay, so fantastic. Uh, one second. I want to make sure, can you all hear well? Yes. Tim, are you using something like this um, yes. for mic? Or you're using the mic of uh, the speaker um, of the computer? Yeah, it's just whatever on the, whatever's on the computer. Do you want me to try to plug in the headset? Is there an echo? Um, if you have one handy, uh, it, it will make it even better, but it's, it's pretty good though. Okay, I, I will try. Yeah. And then I have the, um, I have the, yeah, I think it's much better. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And I have the resources that you want to share. I have them also pulled out. I'll share them when you're ready, okay? okay so yeah. basically, um, tell us how has music been helpful for your well-being, how music and voice are important for our well-being as well. Yeah, so there, for, for my personal well-being, number one, it gave me a community growing up, like in high school and college. It gave me a community that I belonged to and gave me something to look forward to in those, in those down times. And just was really, I felt better about myself being able to sing and share my voice. And then now I'm working as a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner and being involved in music outside of that has been really helpful for just general stress management. And again, just able to kind of share my emotions in in a safe way like both at home or or performing so that's kind of how it's worked out well for me and for people in general again i think that music can be helpful it, it plays a part in so many areas of our life so for instance you know how many of you use music to exercise or work out to or how many yeah yeah exactly and how many of us use music sometimes to get into a little bit of a better mood if we're feeling down or sometimes we use that to really amplify whatever is going on if we're really sad we listen to sad music and cry it out just to kind of, of get those emotions out there we listen to the same song over and over and over again a thousand times <laughs> yeah so i it's just one of those things and it's always in you know, in the past when we did social gatherings, it used to be always in, in parties and gatherings and large events. There's always music happening. It just sort of sets the mood, sets the tone. And so I think that's kind of where it's always a part of our life. And then 
singing has a lot of different potential benefits. One study showed that singing can help to improve our immune system. Of course, that was singing in groups. So of course, who knows if that's the same carryover effect for singing by ourselves, but there's definitely a lot of healing qualities of, of singing and just the sounds that we make. And it can be really good for our physical health because you have to be able to use your whole body as far as, as getting a good deep breath and being relaxed enough so that you don't have too much tension in your shoulders. It's just a very physical sort of inactivity. And then it can help to improve your posture. One of our jokes in musical theater was that our music director would always say, oh, well, sing this like you're going to be an opera singer. And everyone would automatically sit up straight and tall and shoulders back. And so when you're practicing singing, you just tend to go with a much better posture because you need to in order to sing properly. And for some people, it can help with sleep because it can kind of help to exercise those soft palate muscles and the throat in order to kind of open up your throat and it makes it so that some people with sleep apnea can kind of reduce some of those symptoms. So there's, there's that possible benefit. And then like I've already talked about, it can help to reduce stress and, and also can help to boost your mood and boost your energy. So like if you're feeling kind of a slump or low, listen to some music, sing along with it, and it will just kind of automatically give you just that little bit of a boost of energy and help you feel like you can move on with your day. There will not be singing involved today, sorry to disappoint you, but we will have a special mastermind just for singing, a 202 version, okay, Tim, later on, right. maybe before yeah. the holidays. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, but it's just something that's fun. And again, I think, and a lot of people think like, oh, I can't sing, I'm tone deaf or whatever. I think whatever degree you can sing doesn't really matter. It's going to bring you joy no matter what, as far as, you know, singing in the shower or singing with music, some place where you can kind of let loose. It's, you, it's just helpful and you feel happier. And so those are kind of the things there. And then how the voice is important for, for our purposes today is more about the speaking voice, and there's really not any difference between singing and speaking physiologically. The vocal cords are moving the same way. Our mouth is moving the same way. It's just we're sustaining notes longer on singing. And we have to get a good breath in order to be able to speak properly. So one of the things that I found in a research study from Yale was that we tend to understand people's emotions a little bit more reliably through what they're sounding like rather than necessarily what they're looking like and their and their nonverbal cues and i know that that flies in the face of a lot of what we have heard over time because we were always about oh we need to see the person and we get all these nonverbal cues about how close they are and what's going on and are they making eye contact and are they looking away and Yes, we do take in all of that information for our regular communication and telling what emotions people are having and, and their facial expressions, of course. But one of the things is you can still tell people's emotions just by listening to their voice, even without any verbal cues. If you hear someone, you can tell, like if you call someone on the phone, you can tell right away, are they smiling? Are they happy? 
or are they or are they a little bit sad or they slowed down you can tell just by the way that people are speaking so it's just a really helpful piece of information to know especially since we're in this digital world and mostly doing telephone and zoom meetings that we can still convey our emotions and we can still really gather a lot of the information about what other people are sharing in regards to their emotional state. Is that surprising information to anybody that as far as the voice versus the nonverbal cues? I think that last bit was really cool. Uh, that, that, that all of it, but that bit that, um, that it, that you get a lot of that message from someone just in how they sound. And it, so it goes into that 93% or whatever, I guess, so it's the, the nonverbal communication, but it is a big part of it. And you're right, how much you can tell over the phone about where someone's at. Very good point. Yeah, so it's just kind of encouraging during this whole time of, of digital and virtual discourse of telephone and video that we can tell a lot just by hearing someone's voice, so it's great. And now I'm going to move into talking about sort of the building blocks of voice. And so these are basically different aspects that we, different aspects of the voice that we have control over that we can kind of manage in order to portray those emotions in a little bit more of a deliberate fashion and, and kind of influence people to, to know kind of where we're coming from and to convey authority or to convey a little bit more empathy and that we're really listening and we're, we're there with them. So the basic building blocks are pitch, pace, volume, melody, and tone. And we'll go through each of those. So with pitch, it's kind of- You don't of, have to take notes. We'll, we'll send you the replay. And yeah, well, yeah, and we can, and I can send you the, we can send you the little list of everything. So uh, pitch is basically like how high or how low you're speaking in general. So some people speak with a really low voice and the, they're speaking lower in their range. And some people speak really high and they're, and they're a little bit more cheerful. And sometimes people don't take that necessarily as seriously if you're speaking in, in a higher register all of the time, but it's useful to know and, and then somewhere in the middle, you, you kind of find your, your happy spot. You know, usually we're speaking a little bit too low and we're getting a little gravelly. So speaking just a little bit higher, but you know, it's useful to pay attention to A, like how are people responding to you? And, and then B, you can also record your voice on your telephone. Most of them have like the little audio recorder on there so you can record something, listen to yourself and say like, oh, am I speaking a little high? Am I speaking a little low? What do I sound like? And some of the tells kind of if, you're, if you might be speaking too high in your voice might be that other people may be trying to talk over you or they might not be taking your information as seriously as you're intending it. And if you're speaking too low, sometimes that can be a situation where people might feel like you're a little bit more intimidating or, or, or fearful. So just kind of seeing how people tend to respond to you can also give you a gauge on that. Yeah, Dr. Bigley says that uh, she's worked with a lot of newborn um, and infants says that they respond to our inflictions in our voice. Yeah, absolutely. 
because they because they're used to hearing i mean they're hearing through like a whole water barrier but they're used to hearing the human voice quite frequently so that it makes sense that they would respond to our voices when they're born as well so and then so that's pitch and uh, pace would be like how fast are you talking how slow are you talking so sometimes if we get to talking too quickly then we sound like we're giving off all the disclaimers at the end of the medication commercials you know side effects may include seizure coma death like you're trying to pull a fast one over so sometimes you know sometimes we have to slow it down a little bit so that people understand us because people are usually not going to ask for you to slow down because they don't want to be perceived as not following along with what you're saying so you know if you're if you tend to be more of a fast talker just kind of slowing it down a little bit sometimes having a pause in between it's okay to take a breath at all of the commas and periods and then people can understand what you're talking about and they can digest it but also on the on the other side of the spectrum if you're speaking too slowly sometimes people feel like they know what you're going to say next and they kind of want to finish your sentences and they might not perceive you as being as intelligent as you actually are and i know that all of you are intelligent because all of you are on this call and i know that that's who elena works with is intelligent fantastic people so you know just kind of sometimes speeding up the speeding up the pace a little bit if you tend to speak a little bit slower and again using that pause if you're not sure what you're going to say next take a breath and then you can say the next phrase and people will understand what you're saying and what you're talking about and and then it makes you perceived as as intelligent as you are including accents tim <laughs> yeah, including accents. And with that, it's interesting because, again, a lot of this information I learned from Roger Love, who's a celebrity vocal coach. But accents can, I mean, they add a lot of flavor to, to any language. So the, there's not a problem with accents other than making sure that pe people are able to understand you because there are certain things with certain accents that make it a little bit more difficult due to like vowels or consonants that might be a little bit outside of the the usual and but that can also be regional things too because sometimes in do you have any tips or, or to, you hmm? any, do you have any specific tips i'm putting you on the spot and oh. um, i never ask you though i've known you forever any tips for italian accent australian accent uh, indian accent and uh, and let's see a new york accent jillian Oh, so with that, I think that it's mostly, I don't think that there's been, I'm trying to think of, of specific things to the Italian accent that makes it difficult to understand, but usually, usually not. I really haven't noticed any major, any major things, but usually like if someone's misunderstanding certain words, then kind of paying attention to like, and it's pretty frequent in in various languages that like the the this and that are less common in in other languages like in german and french and i don't know that it's that much in italian is the th sound it, that's a tough one yeah we don't have yeah. that sound yeah <laughs> so so just kind of working on on some of those sounds a little bit more to 
to approximate closer to the, the usual American English or British English. Um, but it's usually just those little things like that to make it a little bit easier to understand. But generally it, you know, it's not, it doesn't take anything away from it so long as people can understand what you're saying. And, and most of the time that is the case. Okay, so, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So and again, we can- Some, uh, you're saying, um, sorry, I, I got you off track. You're talking about the tone and the vocal archetypes. Oh yeah, so pace and then volume. I think a lot of times we don't speak with quite enough volume. Most of the time, especially like over the phone, we're talking as though like, oh, the, the microphone is right here so we don't have to talk very loud and everybody can still hear you. And yes, maybe, but it's also can be too quiet sometimes and then you might not articulate as much as you need to. So when you're on the phone or on this sort of a Zoom call, speaking as though you're speaking to somebody across the room usually will give you enough volume that people can understand you. But you can use volume, of course, to emphasize something. You can bring it down just for sure. a little bit more emotion. And sometimes it kind of brings people in. Yes. You. I want to say something here that can be helpful. Um, so sometimes our audience can, be, can fluctuate in age range. So some older people that are a little hard of hearing or maybe that have uh, hearing aids that sometimes are not calibrated or work you know, may expect you to speak much louder or can hear you. And then at the same time, you're hurting the ears of who has good oh. hearing. So that can be, and personally, because I spent all my career on the phone using audio because I work virtually. Um, I think you all know I'm, I'm very sensitive of hearing. And I, I think sooner or later, I've, 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 gone, I've uh, been on your case, each, each and every one of you. <laughs> the mic I got on your case today um, theme about the mic so um, just uh, beware that um, I mean I don't know I just I really think I may be a single is an isolated incident but um, some some people and animals too have um, better or worse hearing so depending on who you have in front right so that's to be mm -hmm. to keep in con into consideration welcome Raj yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to kind of know your, know your audience and, and know the proximity that you are to somebody. And so especially if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation and they're like, oh, you're too loud, then like you can turn your volume down a little bit or maybe you hold the mic away a little bit further. But yeah, definitely in sound quality, because I know without the, without the headset on, it was a little bit of an echo and that can be distracting for sure. So yeah but just kind of being aware. And sometimes you can be louder in certain parts of your speech. And sometimes you can be a little bit quieter to kind of bring the audience in or, or bring people into what you're saying. And, and then, Thank you. let's mm -hmm. see. And then tone is basically, we're kind of looking at either like on the one hand too breathy or on the other hand, too much edge to the voice. And what I mean by that is I'll give kind of some examples and some ways that we can work on adjusting. So breathy would be like you're using way too much air. It's kind of the Marilyn Monroe. It's just very soft and airy. 
but you have to breathe every couple of words because you're running out of air. And then too much edge is, is a little bit grating or can be a little bit grating. And if you have too much edge, then it can go towards like a vocal fry. And we all heard this, it's very common. And it's like the kind of Kim Kardashian likes to use this sort of a vocal fry. And so that's kind of, that can be kind of hard on your vocal cords as well. Either the too breathy or the too on the vocal fry can be hard on your vocal cords in that it kind of dries them out. And then when they get dry, then there can be inflammation and then you can kind of lose your voice or have a hoarse voice. So you want to find a good balance in between. And sometimes we tend to be a little bit more breathy and you have the option. Sometimes you can be a little bit more breathy when you need to be comforting or have a, having a close conversation. And sometimes you might need a little bit more edge to have a little bit more authority and for people to listen to what you're saying of like directions. If you're giving someone a direct message, sometimes it helps to have a little bit more of that edge. So those are kind of the main, the main building blocks and you have lots of different, different variations that you can do within that. And so there are kind of some vocal archetypes and so I'll kind of go through those. These are mostly, and we've all heard, we've all heard these sorts of archetypes. I kind of tend towards the nasal professor. So that's a really nasal sort of a sound where a lot of the air is coming out of the nose. And so sometimes if you're smiling when you talk and you're not dropping your jaw enough, you can sound really nasal and bright. And, you know, people might not take you as seriously with that. So the way to combat that is by bringing in the corners of your mouth a little bit and you can smile in between things. And then when you talk again and then dropping your jaw enough can help to bring down that nasality a little bit. And then also having a lower larynx and we'll talk about the larynx and breathing towards the end here. And then we already talked about the vocal fry and that where it's too, it's just that really crackly gravelly sort of a sound. So with that, making sure that you get enough air and making sure that your stomach is coming in when you're speaking, that will help to prevent that. And many of us have the vocal fry just at the end of sentences, like we're talking for too long and then we start getting the vocal fry at the end. And we talk and then we have a little crackle at the end. It's pretty common. So again, like recording yourself will give you a lot more information about, oh, I, I really do have a little bit of a vocal fry at the end of sentences or throughout a lot of sentences. So it gives you something to gauge and monitor yourself. And the kind of the opposite of the, the nasal professor, there's more like the Rocky Balboa where it sounds like you've got a cold because it's too low of a larynx and it sounds like there's no air coming out of your nose. And so that could be kind of a common thing too for people. So Again, with that, making sure that, you that your larynx isn't too low and again, making sure to drop your jaw, but having some air coming out of your nose when you're speaking as well, having a little bit of a buzz there. And then the, there's kind of the, we already talked about the kind of breathy Marilyn Monroe sound. And then the Yogi Bear sort of a sound is, 
you know, it's a low larynx. It's kind of similar to the Rocky Balboa, but if you're, if you tend more towards the nasal, then doing this low larynx can kind of help to, to bring a little bit more breath and have a little bit of a fuller sound. And also that can kind of help if you are experiencing some vocal fatigue and you feel like you're getting a little bit hoarse. It's basically, the sensation is kind of like you're yawning, but then you're still trying to speak even though you're having a yawn. And that kind of gives you that low larynx sort of a sound. So yeah, let's talk really quickly about the larynx and the Adam's apple. So the way that you find it, and both men and women have an Adam's apple, it's just a lot more prominent in men. So you touch your chin and then you slide down and the very first bump that you meet is your Adam's apple. And then once you feel that first bump, go ahead and swallow and you'll notice it kind of jump up. Do all of you feel that? Yes. Yeah, and so that's kind of how you can tell where your, your larynx and your Adam's apple are. So sometimes just, hold, just touching it to see like where it is can help you to feel like, oh, now when you, take a, when you yawn, do you feel it go down? <laughs> so, yeah, so when you, when you yawn, it goes down, and so that leaves the airway a lot more open. And the reason why it goes up when you swallow is because it's got to cover, it's got to cover up the air hole so that when you're swallowing liquid or food, it doesn't go down the wrong pipe, right? Yeah. So, so that's something that you can kind of monitor. And again, some of it's by the sensations, like you're yawning, sort of a sensation, or swallowing to kind of reset it a little bit too. And so right. those are a couple of things on that. And then with breathing, I don't know, Elena, have you talked about or have any of your other guests talked about diaphragmatic breathing? No, no. Um, okay. Is that important for using variations to improve uh, speaking presentations? It's important for speaking and for singing. And honestly, in a lot of ways, the diaphragmatic breathing can help with, with anxiety and stress as well. Because if you're getting a really good deep breath, you feel a lot more relaxed. So I'm going to just stand up and sort of show, show sure, you sure, sort please. of diaphragmatic breathing. Is this helpful, anybody? Yes, good, good. Um, so kind of from the side, when you're getting a good diaphragmatic breath, you've got to take a breath in and your belly should be kind of coming out. And then as you're speaking, your belly should be kind of gradually coming in as you're speaking. And so instead of like breathing, if you're breathing that way, you're kind of, it, it's not very efficient and you're not getting enough air. So breathing more from your belly and another way that you can kind of practice this on your own is like when you're, if you're laying on your back, you'll notice it's mostly your belly that's moving up and down. And that's how somebody was saying that uh, they work with babies and that's how babies automatically breathe is their belly breathing. So, and, and breathing in through your nose as much as possible will help to give you more moisturized air because if you breathe through your mouth, which we all do some of the time, but- Especially breathe, when sleeping, right? 
Yeah, yeah. But when you do, when you fall asleep and you're breathing through your mouth and whatnot, you kind of notice your mouth is dry, your throat's a little dry and scratchy in the morning. So the more that you can breathe through your nose, the better, just because it, it's getting moisturized by all the, by the mucosa. I've only encountered like one, two people max in my life that, that are able to breathe through the, the nose during sleeping. You know, it's kind of hard to control because you're not conscious. Yeah, you're not conscious and your, your brain is going to automatically like, you need air. So yeah, absolutely. It can be a challenge. And so that's why sometimes people will use like the, the breathe right strips and things like that to kind of keep your nose a little bit more open. But I yeah, during, during the daytime, the, as much as you can breathe through your nose versus breathing through your mouth the more beneficial it will be for being able to speak for prolonged periods of time. So I think that brings us, well, I guess, do we have questions or other things that you wanted to add before we move on to the more assertive communication boundaries? Um, so far, so good. Uh, yeah, this is very helpful. Thank you all for your comments. So we'll talk about that and uh, the communication styles and then how to have better communication in uh, difficult conversations. And then you'll be able to ask questions uh, pertinent to your specific situation. How's that, everybody? And then we have a special, a special surprise at the end. Uh, good, Tim. You're doing great. Thank you so all much. All right. Okay. Thank you. So for the next section, just kind of talking about how we can use, you can use all of these different building blocks to, you know, to make your presentations or for individual working with individual clients. I've started doing it a little bit more as far as like trying to get more information out of clients, like a little bit more calm, a little bit higher in the voice, maybe a little bit on the breathier side, but then when I'm giving them instructions about the medications and you need to take it at this time and these are the side effects. And if this happens and you do this, then I'm getting a little bit more of an edge, a little bit lower in my voice. And people seem to respond pretty well and there seems to be less pushback because if I'm speaking too high and breathy, they tend to kind of push back and they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. We can, I want this. So it just kind of gives you a lot of different options. And then, oh, I don't think I covered melody. Most of the time we tend to speak and just like, we're speaking with one note or maybe one or two notes. And then we're back to the same note most of the time. So having a little bit of an ascending melody where it's just a little bit higher each time and not like up talk, not like a question. You don't have to do that unless you're asking a question but just a little bit of an ascending melody rather than a descending melody makes you sound a little bit happier, a little bit more energetic. And so that's another thing that you can work on and listen to yourself to get some good variety. And with presentations, you can emphasize words by adding a little bit more volume or by changing the pitch or, yeah, you know, or changing the tone even, like, like I said, we can kind of change the tone and the volume to bring people in or to make more of a point. So that's kind of how you can use it throughout your presentations or discussions with people. And communication styles in general, there's basically four main types. There's aggressive, there's passive, passive-aggressive, and assertive. 
And so with aggressive communication, I guess the example that I like to use is if we were all to go to a restaurant and we were deciding where to go or to a movie back in the days when we used to be able to go um, to movies and restaurants. So, but when you're making that sort of a decision, you know, there's different communication styles with that. So somebody might be like, well, we're going to Applebee's or I'm not going, or, you know, something along those lines where it's just a really kind of aggressive or like, if you don't like Applebee's, we can't be friends. Like that's pretty harsh, pretty aggressive. And then passive would be more along the lines of, well, you know, I'll go where everybody else wants to go and I don't really care, which is fine if you don't really care and you have a variety of foods that you like to eat. But if you really don't want to go to Applebee's and you don't say anything, you might kind of build some resentment towards the person who's a little bit more aggressive or assertive. And then passive aggressive, I think some people know this really, really well. And some people are a little less accustomed to this in the Pacific Northwest where I am. I'm in Portland, Oregon. It's, it's pretty common and it's, it can be funny, but it can also be kind of annoying. So passive aggressive would be more like, oh yeah, I guess we can go to Applebee's. I think I've got some Imodium and some Pepto in the car. I think we're fine. Where it's kind of saying, I don't really want to go to Applebee's because I'm going to get diarrhea or <laughs> upset stomach, but they don't want to actually say it. They're just going to kind of have a little side, a little side hook. And people really do pick up on that. And it's kind of an aggressive feel, but it's done in a passive way. And so it sets people on edge. So the, for the most part, the most useful type of communication is going to be assertive communication. And the long and the short of it is basically you're saying what you want and what you don't want. And that's kind of the, the crux of it. So with the restaurant example, it would be like, well, Applebee's isn't my first choice. I would really prefer to go to Thai food, but I'm open to other possibilities. And so then that way you can, you can kind of give that information and you've said, okay, this is, I, I don't really want this. I do want this. And even if you don't get what you want, you've made your statement, you've made your piece, people have heard it. You don't have to. And so if everybody does end up going to a restaurant that you didn't really want to go to, you don't have to complain about it. You don't have to say anything. You've already said what you wanted and what you didn't want. So that's kind of the, the overview on the communication styles. And some of the things that you can do in some of those difficult conversations where, and these difficult conversations can be either at work or they can be at home with your partner or with friends or family members that you might need to set a boundary with who might be doing something that's bothering you. Kind of the first step I would say is to make sure like when you're going to have this conversation, this difficult conversation that it's at a time that they're going to be receptive. So for instance, like if, if your partner hasn't been doing the dishes and you need, and you're going to ask them like, Hey, can you do the dishes instead of, you know, a lot of times we kind of get into an emotional space where we just want to like snap at somebody over something, but kind of finding a good time where they're relaxed and you're in, and you're calm enough to have the conversation in a more neutral way, you know, making sure that they're in an okay spot and say like, 
hey, are, I have something that I need to talk to you about. Are you, are you busy? Can we talk about that now? Or should we talk another time? Just finding that good spot, because you also don't want to catch somebody when they're already kind of crabby or upset about something else, because then that conversation is just going to be one more thing and they're going to fight you on it or feel like they're being attacked. And you, you want things pretty neutral if possible when you're going to have that difficult conversation. And same thing with work, making sure like, okay, if it's not the yeah, right time or if it's... About that example before you go to the next example. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I've had... I've had friends, um, clients too sometimes say, there's something I want to talk to you about. Usually, usually when somebody says that, you automatically think, oh, well, what did I do wrong? You know, mm-hmm. well, now I'm going to get reprimanded. Um, so, and, and if it's not a good time because you're running out of time or you have, um, and then, then that person keeps you in suspense for, for an indefinite amount of time. So that's not a good feeling. Um, yeah. You'll be wondering, you'll be wondering. What yeah, so what's, what's another way that you might phrase that? Because yeah, there's different ways that you can go yeah. about it. You can say- so don't hey, have you- to say, listen, there is nothing wrong. It, it's just uh, about um, a, whatever, a legal tip or whatever the issue mm-hmm. may be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think even just saying like, hey, do you have a few minutes to talk or should we talk another time? That way you don't like, then it's not like, oh, we need to, we need to talk about something. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the tone too. Like you, like you said, yes. yeah, if you start out with like, we need to have a talk, then people <laughs> are going to be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So just being mindful of that and saying like, hey, do you have a few minutes that we can chat? Or is or if now it's not a good time, we can chat another time. And, you know, find your, your best way that's going to be neutral and nonchalant, that's not going to be a huge thing. And, and like Elena said, like, okay, that I, just, I just want to make sure that you're aware this is not like anything bad. We're not, you're not in trouble. We just, I need to communicate something with you. But I need to make sure that we have enough time because I don't want to like do this helter skelter. So yeah, figuring out a good way that you can broach the subject where they're going to be receptive and not be too defensive, of course. And then kind of the, the main thing, I'm not sure if you've had these conversations before, but using more I statements. So rather than like, you you do this or you're doing that and that really bothers me starting out with like so i've noticed that or i feel uncomfortable with this or or even on like the positive end if you just wanted to focus on something that somebody's doing right or hey you know what i really appreciate it when you do the dishes it makes me feel like you care about me something That's more not along the lines aggressive. of i feel <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, is that more passive aggressive? <laughs> yeah, there there are definitely passive aggressive ways of going about that too. <laughs> um, I had a I had a roommate who literally they and it wasn't it wasn't to me, but it was to one of the other housemates. But basically, they wanted it was their turn to clean, and they just like instead of telling them like, "Hey, if you could." If you could do, it's your week to clean. If you could clean, that would be great. They just took the cleaning supplies and like left it on their bed. 
<laughs> that is passive aggressive. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's better to just like say it, say it outright. But yeah, you can say, and if it is something that kind of triggers you or bothers you too, like, because sometimes people do, we, sometimes we receive that as being that it's like, oh, they don't care about us. They would just leave this mess for me to clean up when really they might not just notice it. And so just being clear about like, okay, this is maybe some of my stuff and that I need to just say, hey, I feel like I'm not, I feel unappreciated when I see this because yeah. it feels like you don't care about me or, you know, get just giving that little bit of information because they might not know it just is completely, they would be completely oblivious. And so using the I statements makes it more about you and takes them kind of off of the defensive. Sure, sure. Yes, I have to say uh, that especially right now during COVID, which has become so political and uh, unnecessarily, people are, and we're not seeing each other face to face, you know, because uh, we have to limit the, the physical distance. Having, having a deep conversation, it's even harder because we resort, we resort to text message and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, so it, it's, it's easy to be misunderstood. Um, even last uh, night, I was having a conversation with um, a, a dear girlfriend whose birthday is coming up and I, I have a, a gift for her, um, but, um, you know, she, she, um, she may have a little bit of a compromised immune system. So I, I, I did ask um, if I should be using the mask, you know, when I see her and, uh, and, and anyway, that got misinterpreted as I was basically saying she, um, she's not healthy. And of course, that's not what I meant. I, I meant you know, I want to be respectful, tell me what to do. So uh, I, I think everybody beware right now, even your best intentions could could be uh, misinterpreted because of these times. Would you agree, Tim? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and with that, I mean, because the, the mask situation is kind of like right now, sort of a hot button topic that you know, some people are, are very adamant about always wearing it. Some people don't really want to wear a mask. And so there's, yeah, there's definitely some room for conflict there. And so whatever your, whatever your specific stance is, I think that you don't have to come across like as, uh, you know, attacking the other person because people do get defensive. So I think just saying, yeah, I understand, but I feel more comfortable wearing a mask or I feel more comfortable not wearing a mask and I don't, you know, I'm outside, I don't, it's not required or whatever, you know, but just saying your particular feelings about it without attacking the other person is just going to keep things hopefully a little bit more neutral. But I do agree. I think that because there's been so much isolation, there there is a lot more uh, aggression and i was i was hearing about a study recently that was basically showing that that with with animals and of course like this is animal studies but the animals in a laboratory setting if they're isolated if they're usually a social animal and they're isolated for a period of time then they tend to be more aggressive and i think that that's some of the things that's some of what we're seeing because sure. we're, we're just being so isolated and having less of the face-to-face -face contact. So yes, yes, it, there can be a lot more. 
yeah, a lot more aggressive sorts of things happening. And we're just a little bit more on edge because of all the things going on in the world. So I think the more... yeah. Um, keeping the time, sorry to interrupt you because uh, I don't want to steal the show. I want to do a round robin. There will be a surprise at the end uh, that Tim will um, will tell you all about. So let's go around, uh, starting with um, Jillian, and and you can ask a question as a or maybe a comment mm-hmm. about what you learned as it can help your current situation or a future situation in your niche, etc. Or any question for Tim. Go for it, Jillian. There we go. I, I think this is very helpful, especially dealing with the public knowing tone, because certainly if I meet someone, I don't want to, I usually try to come off like, hi, how you doing? You know, and this way make them feel comfortable. I guess it's showing you could be approachable also. Yeah, so then coming off gruff is somebody, if I come over like, oh, hi, how you doing? You know, it's nice to meet you. Then the person doesn't want to have business with me or something. So I like that tone. I like when you're talking about the tone and the volume and stuff. That helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I agree. Like you said, just kind of that, that first introduction, yeah. it, it tells people like, oh, are you friendly? Or are you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and kudos to Jillian in the big, big busy, big apple. She's yeah. doing all her real estate business Ooh. virtually, virtually. Um, instead of meeting prospects in person, she's managed. So great yep. system. Keep it up. Yes. And let's hear from Gary from Down Under. We go clockwise. Um, we, I've, and I've understood that tone has a bearing on how the conversation can go and uh, some people's interpretation and representation. But Tim, the way that you portrayed it in your conversation this morning um, just highlights how vast a different uh, feeling can be uh, identified just the way the inflections the tone the adjustments the breathing it uh, was very helpful so thank you thank you very good thank you gary and uh, michael yeah, I think it's fabulous content. Very relevant for me. I've been a musician most of my life and I've done a fair bit of public speaking. I'm really into, from a management point of view, culture, creating a culture, even a small team or a bigger group of people. And I think that music, I've seen how it sets the scene as a musician and you referred to that in your sort of profiling knowledge and, and your role in that area. The, the use of tone to set a culture, you've got, me, you've got me thinking, like, I love this stuff, but you've, got, you've opened new doors I love the scope that you're saying it goes from being authoritative or not being listened to or that people get to put it at the right point. And I guess the ultimate thing there comes back to listening because whatever we're putting on uh, is what the situation requires. And if the person's not taking it seriously, then we're going to adjust and be a little bit more authoritative or whatever. Uh, And I love the content about the diaphragm. I learned that from a friend years ago and a lot of my friends don't, speak up properly and the other thing i learned which changed my life was this is the biggest skill was assertiveness training i was about 24 years of age i'm 49 now and i had knew nothing about assertiveness and i was one of those bottled up boiled up more aggressive than passive aggressive actually 
you know, because I'm outright. But I just didn't realise you just had to make your needs known in a good way and watch, watch that be accommodated for by the group. So anyway, I love all your content. This is going great. Thank you Very so good. much. Yeah, and that, and that tends to sometimes happen too, where it's like if we're, if we're kind of a little bit more on the passive end for, for too long, sometimes we get, go straight to aggressive. But yeah, thank you. Thank you. And Veron in um, the UK, she has to have a lot of investment type of conversations now remotely because of COVID. So how could you relate these tips, Veron, um, to, to your um, prospective investors? How could you make this conversation better? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I was late. I, I just catch the last. It's okay. Bit. Whatever uh, you thought. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it. I think it's good. It, it is. It, you say that use I instead of you. So 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 take them off the defensive side. So it sort of also open them up for, for, for further going deeper in into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I I would like to ask a question that is. If, um, if if you are speaking to a group of people, you know, so is there something else you need to be in mind of? Because it seems to me that this part is more on on one to one basis. So when you're speaking to a group of people, you know, they they might have dif different people might have different reaction. So mm -hmm. how how do you go about that? So I guess can you give an example, like as far as a more difficult conversation? With a yes. group of people? Okay. Uh -huh. Like a Zoom conversation like this, all you need to do, Veron, is have that beautiful pink flowers uh, behind you. <laughs> I think that was set a great tone for assertion, yes. assertiveness. <laughs> yeah, I think that some of the same principles apply, but like for a group of people, it's usually going to be like a meeting or something that's planned rather than rather than just kind of on the fly. I mean, because now most of the things are, are virtual. But yeah, at, at some sort of a meeting, you can set the, you can set the tone with, with that saying, so it's come to my, you know, sometimes if it's something where you have to correct some kind of an action or, or address some kind of a, a, an office culture issue or some kind of a behavior that's going on, you can kind of start with saying, it's been it's come to my attention that this situation has been going on and kind of coming at it from that i understand where people are coming from and why this is happening but we need to we need to work on a b and c and that's kind of some of that assertive communication and then we didn't get too much into it but sometimes when there's a lot of objections coming at you because oftentimes there are objections that come at you with larger groups and they'll be like, but what about this? And what about that? If you have a very specific, clear message and the clearer that you can be, the better. If you can just say, well, the policy is A, B, and C, or for right now, I understand your, con I understand your concerns. Let's go ahead and do it this way for right now and see how things go. And we can always adjust. We're not, you know, whatever it is, but that, that sort of a situation, like 
usually acknowledging acknowledging what it is and the emotions of what's of what's coming at you and where they're coming from and then you know rather than just kind of like shutting it down but just acknowledging i understand where you're coming from i understand this is happening but let's try it this way and it's sometimes just the repetitive nature and saying like well we can do it this way or this way sometimes if you have the time to have those conversations then that's great because then you can give people options people love to have some kind of a choice between a and b so those are some those are some things that you can do in group settings thank you you're welcome great question thanks veron and dr divgi how it can relate to your uh, future amazing future work well, uh, future work is one thing, but what he made me aware was what hats I was wearing and what voice I was using when I was dealing with the kids and their parents. There was a difference when I was dealing with both the age groups and how we can, you know, there's always a thing, I, you, and we. I think it helps uh, when the parents are there to we. In the future, I think... Um, how you meet with somebody, opening comments, that helps. And uh, how you tackle the subject, actually. You know, how to lay gently, how to be persistent when you need to be persistent, how to look at it from a different way. I think that's kind of guided me. One comment about diaphragmatic breathing. I'm from India, so... Pranayam is always a big thing for us, and it's all about diaphragmatic breathing. And I used to teach that to my patients because I dealt with the patients with trouble breathing. So that was something. So thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Uh, I think it's kind of like spreading, spreading the word about diaphragmatic breathing. It just is yeah. so good for so many things, right? Yes. And uh, remind us... Uh, is it Dr. Divgi or Divgi? Divgi. Divgi, the opposite of Jillian, which is a sweet G. Okay, <laughs> please correct me. And, and this is part of voice. You know, I never correct anybody when... That's they no problem. my name, but... When I, know, when I know you're talking to me, so I, I don't mind that. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Dr. Divgi. Okay, let's hear from Jody. Hello, Elena. Great. I love... I love the topic. It happens that I am a Toastmaster, and this is perfect. I just gave a speech last night, and part of it was I wasn't happy. It didn't seem like I was happy or enthused about my subject. And a lot of what you were saying, Toastmasters was the first thing that came to mind. I do try to breathe from the diaphragm. You would think I would because I was in a lot of the music classes when I was in high school, but that's been many moons ago and I still try, <laughs> but it's kind of hard when I do have the upper respiratory issues. But other than that, I still work on it. 
and great subject. And I loved how you went about it. And I even took some notes, even though you said not to, I still did. It helps me to remember some of the things. So great. And I'm so proud for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, and again, I think it is a different situation when you're the one giving the speech and you're the one doing the presentation. It just, oh, doing the diaphragmatic breathing, it takes some, con some conscious effort, right? Because you're like yes. a little tense, a little, little tight. And so you just have to shake it out, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's definitely a challenge in those situations where it's like you're just a little bit more nerves, but the diaphragmatic breathing is is helpful, but definitely a conscious process. Great, thank you, thank great you. comment. And Kim, would you like to close the show? Unmute, darling. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I really appreciate this presentation, Tim, and, and all the information you've given and, and other input from folks as well. Um, one thing I found is I find it very useful to have a friendly tone of voice when I need to make a difficult phone call, for instance, customer service, when I want them to do something for me. Um, I just find it really helpful to approach the person like another human being and just say, hi, how are you today? Because most of the time they're not expecting that. And I find that 99% of the time I get what I want because I take that tone of voice and I interact with them like they are a fellow human being and hey, I care about you too. Um, and then another topic, I, I, I wonder if you might have some insight on this. Um, I had a rather difficult conversation with my dad the other night and it went political and we disagreed and it was very difficult for me. At one point in the conversation, he just flat out said, you're so negative. And I didn't have a comeback for that. Mm. And what I'd like to do is have a follow-up conversation with him. And I'm thinking along the lines of saying, I understand that we have differing viewpoints politically. Please know that I love you no matter what your political beliefs are and how much they differ from mine. And I need you to understand that the statement you made the other night, I found very hurtful. Um, I would like you to, or I'd like us to work on better ways to communicate how we feel about these topics. I, I don't know if you might have some insight, you know, some other ideas for how to approach that conversation. But thank Maybe you. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, no, but I really, I really love the way that you worded that because that's almost exactly how I would, how I would approach it would be that same kind of a situation saying, you know, I, I love you, I care about you, we have these different, we have these different outlooks and views on, on politics and on what's going on. And when you said, and again, like kind of using that statement, I felt and you can word it kind of either way, but you can say like, I felt kind of hurt when you said that I was negative because that wasn't really my intention, but I would love it if we could have more conversations about this or figure out how we can have these conversations in a way that, that is in keeping with our love and care for each other. 
I love the way that you said that. It was it was perfect. So yeah, just kind of keeping those things in mind and some of it's also kind of the the grounding, doing some of that breathing before you have that conversation. But yeah, and I agree with you 100%. Having done customer service in the past, the telephone customer service, it really makes a huge difference if you have a, a really good tone of voice and that you're really listening to them and listening to what's going on with them rather than kind of like, well, I need this from you. But yeah, the more that you have that caring and compassionate tone, the more likely you're going to be able to get a little bit further in the conversation. So yeah, I, and I definitely can relate to that situation. I think that we've got uh, a lot of situations like that coming up with family members and with friends. And there's just a lot of different perspectives and it can get kind of dicey. If I have this one view that I'm pretty strong on and this person has a strong view on the other end of it, it can be kind of difficult to have those conversations. But I think that that's a great starting point is saying, you know what, I love and care about you. And I, I want to be able to have these conversations. And how can we do that in a more caring way? Or perhaps we need to move away from some of these other topics and stick with some that are that are more neutral, that is common ground for us in order to keep that kind, loving relationship that we have. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Tim. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Very good. Or oh, just don't discuss politics. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I think that may be a, a good strategy in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I'm having to do with a couple relatives as well. <laughs> Great. Tim, thank you so much. I know you have something special for our audience. Oh, yes. So um, I don't know if you want me to put it in the chat yeah, or... Yeah. Um, um, both. Okay. Yeah. So basically, I will give a free 20-minute consultation with each of you on this call. So I'm just going to put in my email address and you can... What about anybody who may listen to the recording because they couldn't be here with us at this time? Um, I don't know. How should, how should we do that? I guess we can... They can still email you directly, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. So it's T La Follette, L-A-F-O-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com. That's his last name. Mm -hmm. And just put in like Elena Mastermind in the subject so that I know that it was from this call. Great. Thank you. Very generous. Very generous. So in case you want for any more private conversations, um, you can uh, take advantage of this great offer and uh, go into more details uh, in less of a public format. So uh, congratulations. We will keep this um, first Wednesday of the month for the month of October. That's my birthday month as well. And <laughs> one year younger. And the, um, the topic, um, I know you've been expressing different topics, <clears throat> but let's see maybe where you're at today. Um, that any request for next month? If not, we can always leave it open topic. The world is changing so rapidly, there is always something important to mastermind. 
about. Um, but um, speak up if you have something, something unmute uh, or put in the chat box that, um, that's, that you're passionate about, you would like to elaborate on for future masterminds. I just wanted to say quickly again about today's one that I totally love what you've given me holistically is that the takeaway that so much control is with us on the outcomes of the communications. You know, anyone that's feeling powerless, it's not so much my thing because I get through with communicating, but anyone's feeling powerless can just take on these tools and start to see a better response. And the main tools, are, as I see, Well said. Okay, I think your voice froze, but um, Michael. But we got the gist, very good. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Any other comment, anybody to uh, let it go with and wrap it up with? Ah, yes. Um, so it's here in the chat box, uh, Veronica. So, thank you, Dim. That was great. Okay, so um, Timothy, you wanna just say it out loud? Your um, yeah. Again? I'll I'll put it in the chat again. But yeah, T L A F O L E E T T E at Gmail dot com. Right. All right. Practice, 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 and let us know how you do. Um, enjoy. Let's have a great month of September. Back to school, back to work. And then uh, this is almost it. Then three months left to the year. <laughs> Lots of holidays and Q4, last quarter of the year. Best for last. So yes. make it count. Enjoy. Okay. Thank you, care. everybody. Bye-bye. Right, thank you. Thank everyone. Um, and Timothy, thank you. You're a fantastic host and co-host thank yeah, you so thank much you. for all you've given us all right thank you for having me pleasure thank you so much yeah see Bye. you all soon ciao ciao